Welcome to episode number 201. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what does it mean for your garden and your soil to actually be organic, if you need to purchase organic seeds, and what the actual definition of produce and food grown with organic practices, like what does that actually mean? Welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast. My name is Melissa K. Norris. I am your host. And this is the place where we give you not only inspiration, but tactical tips and tricks for living a homegrown and handmade life using modern homesteading to raise, preserve, and cook your own organic food no matter where you live. And I am so thrilled that you are joining me on today's episode. So as we are gearing up for the organic gardening workshop that's going down October 2nd. I'm so excited. There are so many of you who are signed up and you guys are sending me in amazing questions to make sure that we're covering everything you need to know to grow your own organic food at home. I'm getting so excited. I can't even talk, y'all. I'm getting tongue-tied. But you guys are sending me in some great and amazing questions. And so I'm going to take the next couple of weeks and we're going to go through a lot of these and dive into them inside the podcast episodes because we don't actually go live with all of the videos until October 2nd. So I hope that you have got your seat. You're registered, right? Because I'm sending out special emails with sneak peeks and additional resources to all those people who got their seat. And you can do so at melissaknorris.com garden workshop. Okay. So specifically, let's talk about what organic actually means in regards to your garden or organic produce. So for it to be organic, you can't use any synthetic pesticides, fertilizers, genetically modified organisms or GMO crops and or seeds, or using ionizing radiation. Now, this is for when we're talking produce, right? So vegetable and fruit production. When you're talking organic animals, then that is a little bit different. It has um, some other things. And this is from the organic.org, frequently asked questions. And so they say for that when we're talking animals, and I know in this episode, we're going to be talking just fruit and vegetables. We may cover animals later. Y'all let me know if that would be something you want us to go into. But for animals that were obviously eating the, anim- the meat, uh, poultry, eggs, dairy, all that kind of fun stuff, is you're not using antibiotics and or growth hormones and that the food that you are feeding them is certified organic. And also that not only the food, so would it be hay and or grain, which we prefer and raise all of our meat doing grass fed and on pasture. So we don't really feed any grain, but that both the pasture, the hay that you're feeding them and or the grass, the pasture is also grown with organic practices, which fall under that no use of synthetic fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides, no GMOs, no ionizing radiation, all that that kind of, you know, I shouldn't say fun stuff because none of that is fun stuff, but making sure we're not using any of that stuff would probably be a little bit better. Now, when you're talking about organic certification, which most of us, if you're doing a backyard garden, you are not going to bother with getting certified organic because one, it's expensive. And it is a process that takes some years. But what I want to talk about is how would you know if your soil at home is organic and using organic practices in your own garden soil? 
and or if you're doing containers, raised beds. And this is especially true if it's a newer property to you and you might not know how it's been handled. Or you may be like, I am going organic with my vegetable garden and my own property, but we haven't always used organic methods in the past. So how do I get things transferred over to being organic? So great questions. And that's what we're going to dive into in this episode. So first off, back in the day, like I'm talking, you know, probably pre, gosh, I want to say pre like 1950s, probably even 1960s. Um, but definitely going back, say, 100 years ago. I know I've got a safe buffer if we're going back that far. Everything was grown pretty much organic. I mean, the pioneers and everything and then going even further back from into the colonies. And then when we go back to Europe and everything like that, everything was grown organic. It's really in only the last and really an explosion, I would say, in the last 50 to 60 years that we've had the majority of our agriculture not be grown organic. and. I'll let you draw your own conclusions on what's going on with our health and both of our health as a society and humans, and also the health of our land by not using organic practices. That could be an entire another episode. <laughs> That's what I want to talk about today. So with your organic, to become certified organic, it is a three-year process. So it has to be three years that no synthetic pesticides synthetic herbicides, synthetic fertilizers, GMOs, all of those things that we talked about have not been used on that land and on that property. You also have to look at the buffer around the property. So your neighbor, whoever has land, obviously, that's next to yours and things that they're using, if they're using things that are not organic and with the runoff, how is that contaminating your land, depending on the position of where you are? So you could have drift from the air if they're using sprays. Then you also, as I said, could have runoff if it's things they're spraying on the ground, you have a rain or they're using irrigation in the way that the water flows and where you're positioned next to them. So those are things that you need to consider as well. And especially for bigger farms that are becoming certified organic, those are things that they have to look at too. So as I said, three years without using any of that stuff before a farm and that land can be certified organic. Now, if you're going for certification for organic as a seller and or a farm, there's more to it than that. They have to have a whole process and ways they have to have inspections on ground and documented of the ways that they're going to be doing things and things that they're using. So it's more involved in that. But for us as a backyard person... You do want to look at what your neighbor is using, and hopefully they're not using things that's going to affect negatively your wishes to go organic. And if that's true, you're going to want to make sure that you've got a buffer from where you're growing your food next to that property line that is against theirs if they're using things that you don't want to touch your food. So three years. Now, depending on what was used on the ground prior to those three years, it could stay in the ground longer, and you would need to know the individual thing. But for organic certification, it's three years without using any of those. So I feel like that's a pretty safe guideline for the backyard gardener as well, is three years without using any of that type of thing that's getting into your soil, then you can consider that it's organic, meaning that you don't have any of those things that we've talked about. Now, there's other side to organic as well. And that is organically building up the soil and creating healthy soil using crop rotation 
and really just creating a soil that is the most healthy it can be using natural means and nature. So it's kind of a little bit of a a two-part. So it's the absence of those things that we consider to be harmful. And then it's the presence of using good farming and building up that soil so that you've got really healthy soil and therefore healthier produce because really your produce and your plants is only going to be as healthy as your soil is because that's where it's getting its food and that's what it's growing and producing and that's what it has to draw from. Now, what about using your seeds and your plants? What if they're not certified organic, but you're growing in organic practices? If you're doing it as a big farm, which we're not, I'm not, and I'm guessing that you're not, there may be a few of you listening that are, it depends on if there is organic seed available for you to purchase. If there's not organic seed available for you to purchase, then you can use non-organic seed, but you are growing it in organic practices, and then that's considered okay. So when we're talking about seeds, now you guys know I am like the poster girl for heirloom seeds. I love heirloom seeds. and. Many of you have asked, if you're a brand new listener, you want to make sure that you're subscribed to episode number 200 that's coming out right after this one, because I'm going to tell you how you can get your hands on my family's heirloom seeds that we have been saving two particular varieties of beans for over 100 years. So how's that for a teaser? But organic seed does not mean that it is heirloom and or vice versa. So it simply means that the plant was grown using organic certification, like we've talked about, not using any of those things that we said, and that it was harvested from that. And when it was harvested, it was stored and used and harvested using all the organic practices. That's what makes a seed organic. All the seed that I'm growing at my house is, of course, organic because that's the practices that we're using in our land. But I have ordered when I didn't have a particular variety of something that I wanted to try or introduce a new variety, and it was an heirloom seed, and it didn't necessarily say certified organic. And honestly, I'm okay with that. Now, each person has to make their determination on where or what they're okay with, but I know that the seed is going to be grown in organic soil, that that's all the way that I practice it. And so very quickly, it will end up becoming organic after just a few seasons of me seed saving from it. Now, when it comes to starts, if you're purchasing starts from a nursery or a grocery store or a garden center or whatever, they're not starts that you've done yourself and they're not organic, then what's grown from them, you don't know what the soil, like the starters, they're in the little soil packs that you get in the little tiny containers when you get your starts usually and you put them, you don't know if that's been organic. If it's certified organic, then you know even the soil is organic and as well as the plant is. So it could be treated with something. So I prefer when I'm buying starts, that is something that I do purchase organic, but I don't necessarily make sure that my seed is always organic. And again, personal preference. So that's just kind of where I stand on that. And the same thing for organic certification. If you're looking at that is if the plant start wasn't certified organic, then the fruit off of it right there that it's producing can't be certified organic. Where this gets a little bit different is when we're talking... So this is with annuals. Let me specify. This is with annuals, right? So most of your warm weather vegetables that you're putting in for most parts of the country. So think tomatoes, beans, all of your winter squash, summer squash, those types of things. That's That's what we're talking about. But when it comes to your perennials, so fruit trees, right? Berries, those type of things that are going to come back every year. The first year that a fruit tree gets planted... If it were to produce fruit, which is going to depend on the age of the fruit tree, most of your fruit trees will not produce fruit until the 
tree is like between five and seven years old, depending on the variety and all of that. Most of your berries, raspberries will produce fruit in the second year. Elderberries are usually about three years old. Your blueberries, you want them to be about three years old before they're really, you're allowing them to produce fruit so that they've got a really good root system. So it kind of depends. Strawberries is a little bit different, of course, even though that's still a berry. But as long as the plant is in organic ground for one year, then the fruit that it produces the second year, which is going to be the case, like I said, if you're purchasing one-year berry plants or, and or bushes, and then especially your fruit trees, then that fruit can be considered organic because it's been grown on a tree that has been in organic ground and only used organic practices on said fruit and or berry for it's been at least a year and then it produces fruit. So I have to say, let me think here. The raspberries that I put in, I'm trying to remember if they were certified organic or not. I honestly can't remember. I'll have to go back and look in my records. But all of our fruit trees were not certified organic. We purchased them from a local nursery. And of course, they were in the ground for multiple years here before they began to produce fruit for us. So I consider my fruit organic by those standards. And those are industry standards. But the trees themselves were not organic when I first put them in. So I just kind of wanted to give you a little bit of reference there on what it actually meant and kind of the different uh, stages that we have and things that affect on if it's considered organic or not. Now, how do you know, though, if you have a new area, say you purchased a house or you moved into a place and you don't know what the people previously did? Well, one, if you're able to contact them, the people who lived there prior, the people you purchased it from, and you can just ask them, hey, what did you use in the garden? So if they use things like miracle Grow, Roundup, those things, then those are not organic. Now, let me clarify, though. miracle Grow does have an organic line. So they actually came out with some organic potting soil. I don't know as far as their fertilizers go, like independent fertilizers and that type of thing, if they've got an organic. But miracle Grow has come out with an organic potting soil. But unless it says organic, then they're using synthetic um, fertilizers in their potting soil and their different things like that if you're using miracle Grow, So those are some questions that you could ask the person that you purchased the land from or used the land before you. You can ask neighbors, you know, kind of what their practices is. But like I said, if you don't have a way of obtaining that information or you did use some of those products on your own land and in your own soil, but you don't want to do that any longer, then... It's about a three-year buffer to get that moved out before you could be considered that you would be able to be certified organic. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. And if you haven't, make sure that you listen to episode number 200, where we really begin to dive into your soil health and creating really good, healthy and happy, because healthy is happy, right? Organic, natural soil and the contest where we have got some amazing prizes to help you grow your own organic homegrown food. You can check out that episode as well as our contest at melissaknorris.com. There's a podcast button. You can see all of our podcasts. And then to look at the contest, you're going to want to make sure that you get in on that is melissaknorris.com forward slash contest. Okay. I cannot wait to see you in the next episode as well as on the inside of the upcoming Organic Gardening Workshop. <music>